Welcome to the Dieter Melhorn Fishing Podcast. Whether you like to fish, enjoy talking about fishing, or just enjoy the fishing lifestyle, this is the podcast for you. So go grab yourself a cold drink or a hot cup of coffee, sit back, start tying up some fishing rigs, and enjoy the show. Well, hello, folks, and welcome to the Dieter Melhorn Fishing Podcast. I hope you're having a good day, whatever day it is that you happen to be listening to the podcast or watching the video version on YouTube. If you're watching the video version, you get to see this visor I got on. Thank you for real fishing for sending that out to me. Appreciate it. It's going to get dirty and get a lot of use out on the boat. Hey, uh, listen, we've got an interesting podcast today. If you have a boat... Uh, if you have a camper, if you have a golf cart, if you have an RV, a four-wheeler, anything like that that has batteries in it, we're going to talk about lithium batteries. I've done some podcasts on this before and some shows about it and uh, was kind of interested in them a year or so ago, but the price point wasn't quite there. And uh, some things are starting to change and shift and in that whole world. We're going to go into that today and talk about it. Uh, but first, I want to thank all my listeners, the regular folks that listen to the podcast and tune in every week. Thanks for coming back. And if you're new, hey, welcome. Thanks for stopping by, checking out the show, and uh, yeah, just seeing what's up. Uh, if you're listening to the podcast and you want to leave some comments, some feedbacks, reach out to me uh, or book a guide trip, go to my website, DieterMelhornFishing.com. There's a contact section on there. But hey, if you're on YouTube and you're watching the podcast, all you got to do is go down to the comment section and, uh, yeah, give us some feedback on this uh, this topic. And if you want to join the channel, we have a channel membership area. Anybody who wants to support the channel, there's a little button there on YouTube where you can join all those folks, all the members of the channel. I appreciate you joining. Thank you very much. But, yeah, uh, I was at ICAST back in the summer. I did a podcast about that iCast is the biggest fishing show in the world. Pretty much anybody who is anybody is there at the show. Uh, and uh, I went around, was visiting with some vendors. One of the things I was interested in was the lithium uh, battery world. Uh, I've reached out to a bunch of uh, lithium battery companies. Uh, let me say that first of all. And uh, prior to going to iCast, none of them got back to me. I was interested in doing some podcasts, talking with them, uh, maybe reviewing some of their products. Nobody got back to me. So I went to iCast and I was like, holy cow, there are a lot of different lithium battery companies out there. I thought there was only a few. There was a few that I was getting exposed to in some of the catfishing groups and some of the fishing groups that I was on. But let me tell you something, folks, that is just the, the ones who are getting most of the press. There's a lot of different companies out there. Some are good, some are bad, some are new, some are not so new. Some have done a better job marketing and advertising. Uh, and getting the name out there but there's a lot of them out there uh, and there's a lot of different options a lot of good options from what I've seen and uh, I talked to a bunch of these different uh, companies down at ICAST and um, all great folks one of them got back to me uh, right when I got back and uh, it's a company called Epic uh, E-P-O-C-H we actually talk about the name in the podcast here in a minute uh, I've got an interview with one of the brand managers there and uh 
the I thought it was Epoch. I've heard it pronounced uh, online uh, some different ways, but uh, yeah, it's a, it's a better company. They're based right outside of Atlanta, which was convenient for me because it's only about four hours away, and I actually took a road trip down there to visit them uh, at their complex and uh, sit down and tape a podcast. Uh, you know, I've got a guest here today that, uh, uh, you know, really walks us through uh, lithium batteries. I had a bunch of questions about stuff, a bunch of rumors, uh, a bunch of old stuff, old uh, just stuff about the batteries, stuff that has changed, stuff has evolved, and uh, answered and cleared up a bunch of questions about stuff that I had. And uh, very, very thankful to Kevin for sitting down and taking the time to do that. And, you know, taking time out of his busy day. Went down on a Monday to tape this. And, uh, you know, Mondays can be busy. You come back from a weekend and things are chaotic. But he took a couple hours. Uh, kind of walked me through the whole, just the the way lithium batteries worked. Uh, I had a lot of questions that I wanted answered. And uh, very gracious to do that. And it uh, seems like they make a good product. Pretty impressed with it. Uh, I did a little bit of research online. And... Uh, there's uh, a company that has done a very thorough uh, breakdown and tearing apart uh, of these batteries. I don't suggest anybody tear apart lithium batteries. Uh, uh, and I think I even said that in the interview with Kevin. But this this YouTube channel had done that. And uh, if you watch the video version of this, you'll get to see. I'll uh, show you some of the stuff they were doing there. They 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 you know, sunk the batteries in the water. Uh, you know, they're submersible for a period of time so that, you know, the elements on them are waterproof. Uh, they did that. They opened one up, showed you some of the thermal sensors in them and that kind of stuff. So they went to great lengths to test these things. My testing is going to be out on the boat using them. Uh, you know, I'm going to, I've got one of the batteries from them. I'm going to put it to use on the boat on a trolling motor and see how it works, see how it performs, and kind of keep you guys up to date on what's going on and, you know, what's the deal with it. My big curiosity has been, especially after going to ICAST, it seems like the price point on these batteries is coming down. Um, and they're, they're never going to be as cheap as a Walmart battery, plain and simple. They're, you know, we know that. They're never going to be as cheap as any of the wet batteries. But some of the price is getting a little bit closer. And this is what I was going to hope was going to happen with these things. You know, initially, uh, a 12-volt battery was costing you uh, $1,200, $1,300. I mean, the prices were outrageous. It made no sense to buy one that expensive. Now you can get into a 24 volt battery uh, for around 1,100 bucks, a thousand bucks, depending on what kind of sales and discounts are going on, uh, which is the price of you know that would be for two batteries. So you know, depending on what type of wet battery you would get, what kind of warranty, you're looking at probably paying a third more, maybe a fourth more, depending on what you're dealing. So it's getting a lot closer instead of paying three, four, five times as much as you do for a wet battery. It's getting a little bit closer now. You're still going to pay more is the bottom line. So, uh, you know, I, we talk a little bit about it in the podcast, uh, uh, you know, later on. But, you know, it depends how you're fishing. Depends how much you're fishing. Uh, it, it depends how much weight is an issue to you. And uh, there are some good reasons to get them. And for a lot of people, it's not worth it. It's not worth the money. Uh, if you're fishing one weekend a month, 
you know, it's, it's not going to be that big of a deal for you. If you're out there, you know, doing a hundred guide trips a year, like I do, or, you know, and then out, you know, fishing for, you know, stuff for the YouTube channel, there may be a benefit to it. So I'm going to put them through one of these batteries through the paces. I may try out some other ones down the road. We'll see, uh, and just see how they work out. But sit back, enjoy this podcast. It's kind of a long one. This is about a 30-minute talk we had with him, so it's going to go on for a while. So anybody that's on a drive, this might be a good one if you got a little drive going to work. Uh, but I kind of answer some of the questions I've had, some of the questions I've got from people, and uh, try to maybe dismail, dispel some of the rumors, uh, some of the legends, some of the myths out there, and uh, then just give you guys some good feedback to, so that you can make a decision on your for yourself on whether or not lithium batteries are right for you at this point. I guess first, give me a little background about the company. Where are you at? And how do you pronounce the name? Okay. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, so we'll start with the pronunciation. Uh, this varies uh, depending on region for the most part. Uh, I tend to say Epic Batteries uh, over in Europe. Uh, it's either epoch or epoch, uh, depending on depending on exactly uh, where you're at. And uh, but yeah, that's because I've seen it online. I thought it was epic, yeah. and then I I was doing some research and saw some people online pronouncing an epoch, and then it, I was thinking, well, maybe it's epoch, Tupac, epic, epoch, yeah. whatever. So we got that. Yeah. yeah, no, we've heard it all. Uh, epoch, uh, <laughs> you know, eposh, you name it. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Tell me about the company. One, how did you come up with the name? And a little bit about where you guys are at. All right. Yeah, so absolutely. Uh, the name uh, was actually conceived by uh, our battery systems manager, uh, Stephen. And, uh, you know, it, it resonates uh, with him. And it, it goes back quite some time, uh, early interest uh, in, in time and energy and that sort of thing. Uh, now, as far as the origins of the company, uh, it actually started pretty humbly in a basement uh, years ago, uh, a lot of, uh, as a hobby, and uh, with a lot of cylindrical cells, that sort of thing. And then over time, uh, just grew uh, to encompass uh, a wider range of products. And then, um, and then as we move forward, we established this brand in uh, 2019. And then uh, shortly thereafter, we decided uh, to get into some of the larger and more advanced uh, battery systems uh, for marine, RV, golf cart, etc. Lithium batteries. There's a there's a lot of questions about them. There's interest, crazy interest. Some people love them. Some people hate them. Uh, give us the background on what a lithium battery is and what's the difference between that and a lead acid, AGM, all these other names that you see out there. So yeah, there's uh, quite a wide range of differences between the lithium batteries and the wet cells, uh, primarily the chemistry. Uh, you know, with lithium batteries, there's a wide range of lithium chemistries. Uh, we, we make use of lithium iron phosphate. Uh, the main difference uh, between that and other lithium chemistries is its stability. And uh, in comparison to lead acid, uh, you're going to have quite uh, an extended lifetime, many more cycles, uh, much more energy density, uh, lighter weight, uh, that sort of thing. 
And uh, additionally, uh, we make use of battery management system, uh, which is essentially the brain uh, behind the, the device. It controls um, and ensures that the cells are protected at all times. Uh, this is not something that's possible really with wet cells, lead acids, AGMs. Uh, they're pretty simplistic and, uh, you know, as, as I'm sure you know, and, you know, a lot of your audience would be very familiar with, you know, with wet cells in general, you're lucky if you can get three to five years out of them. You know, with uh, lithium batteries and lithium iron phosphate in particular, you know, you can get 15 or more years uh, with, uh, through normal use. Yeah. So. And we'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, clear up one thing, was one of the big things you hear anytime you mention lithium batteries to people. They blow up, they start fires, they, all these things. Talk about the difference between that former chemistry that was used and what the new chemistry is. Right, so yeah, lithium iron phosphate again is um, known to be very stable. Uh, so much so that in comparison to other lithium chemistries, uh, thermal runaway is what you're talking about. And, uh, and, and, you know, in a thermal runaway situation, that's where you see the sparks, that's where you see, uh, you know, fires and things like that. Uh, lithium iron phosphate isn't really subject to that, uh, especially with the right cell design. Uh, so we use uh, prismatic cells and in testing, uh, the, way that, the way that it works is even if they're punctured, say by a forklift fork or what have you, uh, they tend not to combust. They tend to expand and steam. Uh, so, so there's less uh, inherent risk uh, with that design and that chemistry. Uh, but furthermore, uh, we do take it a step further uh, when it comes to case materials and venting and things like that. Uh, if that steam, in, in the event that you did have that pressure build up inside the battery, ours actually vent that out uh, so that it doesn't cause a situation. You've actually got a little pressure valve on right. top of the battery. Right, exactly. And then, uh, and then additionally, the case material is what's known as uh, UL94 V0 fireproof. And what that means is that it self-extinguishes in 10 seconds and it doesn't drip in flame material, even if, uh, some, uh, even if a fire were to start externally. Now, one of the other things that you will hear uh, people question is lithium, you can't put it out with water. I'm gonna put it on my boat. What happens if it gets wet? Is it gonna explode if I get some water in the bilge? Talk a little bit about that and what is done there safety-wise in, in that aspect. Yeah, so again, uh, with this, with this chemistry in particular, lithium iron phosphate, uh, traditional fire extinguishing methods are uh, sufficient, uh, whether that be CO2 or even uh, water in, in, in most cases. Now with the, with the other more uh, volatile chemistries, then you would want to take a strictly CO2 uh, approach. Yeah, but the batteries really don't get, it doesn't make it to it, because I'll talk a little bit about the seal and how it's sealed up and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, so, so there's a number of protections in place to prevent anything like that from ever happening. Uh, and again, this goes back to the BMS as well. Uh, there's, it's going to be programmed to maintain a certain level of performance. It's going to ensure that voltages don't get extremely high, that current draw is 
manageable and that, uh, and that you don't exceed uh, the capabilities of the cells. Uh, so its primary function is to protect them at all costs. As far as the sealing of the case, I was I saw some review videos where they took one apart. We don't advise that for anybody to do that at home, but the thing is actually sealed up with rubber seals and stuff in it and a little seam groove thingy that looks pretty dang safe. Yeah, so absolutely. Uh, ours are fully sealed uh, IP67 and they have recessed gaskets and things. And, uh, and then also, um, on some of our batteries in particular, we do custom mounting feet with uh, built-in bushings for vibration resistance and all of that as well. So there's just a, a wide range of, uh, you know, protections there across the board, whether that's vibration, shock, corrosion, uh, you know, waterproofing. It can technically be fully submerged for up to 30 minutes. If your batteries are submerged, uh, you, you might have something else to yeah that's know. the least of your worries at that point yeah so you mentioned three letters bms and i believe that stands for battery management system what is that and how was well, that's not something we're going to have on our walmart battery that we picked up what talk a little bit about that and what all that entails so again that's that's going to be uh the key uh, uh component for managing this system as a whole uh, and it's also responsible for uh, some communications and things. Uh, you know, we add Bluetooth uh, to the Bluetooth communications to the BMS. So it's not only responsible for the protections and overall management of the system, but it also, you know, is going to be the the hub from which all of the uh, uh, other functions occur. And that's all Bluetooth integrated to where you download the app and you can see all this. What else does it show you on this app? Quite a lot. Uh, it shows uh, all performance in real time down to the individual cell level. Uh, and not only that, uh, but temperatures. Uh, we have a number of temperature sensors within the batteries, that sort of thing. So you can keep a close eye on the performance across the board. The amount of current that you're drawing, uh, the amount of charging current that's going in, how much charging time is remaining, how much capacity you have, uh, what your overall voltage is, and uh, you know, so forth. Uh, how well balanced your cells are, that's another thing uh, that the BMS is responsible for, and automatic cell balancing, uh, which, is, which is especially good uh, in comparison to some of the traditional cells. Because, uh, you know, typically you would connect <clears throat> Uh, let's say three 12 volts in series for a 36 volt trolling motor. Uh, typically the battery at your main positive is going to deplete a bit faster than the others. And that would put them out of balance. Uh, with, with these batteries, you know, with 24 and 36 volt all-in-one batteries, uh, that voltage is going to be well balanced and maintained throughout the entire discharge. So, um, so yeah, you just get overall better efficiency and performance and, uh, and, and you're able to make full use of the capacity. Yep. I want to get back to the multiple batteries and, and parallel and all that kind of stuff, but you mentioned temperature sensors. That's obviously, I guess, applies to how much is being drained and all that, but I know there's some questions about temperature conditions for charging. That always comes up. Oh, you can't charge them when it's freezing. You have to bring them in the house when it's freezing. 
Fill us in on that. What's the truth and the facts surrounding temperature charging, low temperatures, all that kind of stuff? So it is going to vary uh, from battery to battery, manufacturer uh, to manufacturer. Uh, with, with ours in particular, uh, the temperature range is going to be from negative 4 degrees Fahrenheit all the way to 131 degrees Fahrenheit. And uh, so that's going to be your operational range. Now, when it comes to charging, uh, that's, that's where things can get a little more complicated, particularly in freezing conditions. Uh, with, with ours, however, one feature that, that we try to include uh, with each of the batteries is going to be self-heating, uh, wherein if any of the temperature sensors detect freezing conditions, uh, then, and, and you're attempting to charge the battery, that charging current is then going to bypass the cells entirely go to a heating element and that heating element is going to heat the cells just enough to where they can accept that current safely and so uh, that's the process there and it's just over 40 degrees fahrenheit at which point that uh, temperature is restored takes takes generally about 20 30 minutes okay so we're going to have guys that are going to see this are going to be striper fishing they're going to be striper fishing Kerr lake uh heck lake linear it'll get cold enough sometimes they're going to be hey i want to be striper fishing it's going to be 22 degrees that morning. What do you do in that situation? Do you need to have an alternative battery source if you're gonna be in extremely cold temperatures or how do you deal with that? So if your batteries are charged beforehand, uh, then there's really no cause for concern because they will continue to discharge down to very cold temperatures, sub-zero, you know. Yeah. So, so in that case, you'd be just fine. To go out and put them to use, no, no concern. Uh, but when it comes to charging them, again, that's where... That's charging where is the more important point on right. all of that. Okay, right. very good. Charging times. What are charging times like on these batteries? I know that's going to vary depending on how much you drain them down, but let's just say all things equal, you know, we run half the power out of a battery. What's the typical charging time on these things? So there's, there's quite a few factors uh, to consider with that. Uh, the, the amount of capacity that you have to replenish is definitely going to be one of those considerations, but also uh, the type of charger that you're using. Now with lithium batteries and lithium iron phosphate in particular, you would want to make use of the charger that is designed for that. Uh, so, so if you have a charger that's specifically for wet cells, you wouldn't want to use it. Uh, and mostly because and they that's kind of an important point yeah. because you, I want to, you kind of go past that one, but I think people really need to hear that. You really need a special dedicated charger for these batteries. Right, uh, and that's because uh, lithium iron phosphate, it prefers constant current and constant voltage, whereas, you know, a lot of the wet cells, they, they have multiple stages of, of charging that they go through. Uh, with lithium, it's a lot more simplified. Uh, you're just trying to achieve a constant voltage, constant current until you're fully charged. Uh, there's no benefit uh, to trickle charging, and in fact, it's not something that you would really want to do. Um, so, so yeah, you would want to make use of a charger that's optimized for lithium. And, and uh, the current is also going to vary uh, from charger manufacturers and that sort of thing. Uh, but to put it into perspective and come back to, you know, charging time uh, with that example, uh, let's just say, for, for example, you had one of our batteries 
and let's just say you were making use of the 36 volt 100 amp power. Uh, you've got it depleted to about 50% and you're also making use of a 36 volt 15 amp charger. In that case, you'd be looking at about two and a half hours to, to top it off. Wow, that's pretty impressive. That's pretty impressive. Uh, all right, so you got some people interested now. They're going, oh, okay, there's, you know, we've dispelled some of the bad stuff. This sounds pretty impressive. Uh, when it comes to batteries, a lot of guys are running trolling motors, running 2436. Uh, are you better off, talk a little bit about going with one battery that's 36 volts versus getting three 12 volts? What are the positives, negatives, thoughts on all that? So you would absolutely be better off uh, going towards the all-in-one uh, 36 or 24 volt battery. Uh, and again, there's quite a few advantages there. Uh, kind of circling back to what I had mentioned earlier, you know, when you have, anytime that you have batteries connected, whether that's in series or parallel or what have you, then your, your bank is only really going to be as strong as the weakest link. Uh, whichever battery is at the lowest voltage, uh, that's going to be the metric that your entire system performs by. Uh, but but also, you know, going, going towards that uh, all-in-one unit, quite a few advantages. You're going to save more space, more weight. Uh, you're also going to be able to monitor more easily if you have a Bluetooth battery. Uh, you can monitor all in one place without having to alternate between them. And, uh, and that's going to be, you know, that can be critical uh, for some folks. I mean, you know, when, when, you're, when you're monitoring systems, especially offshore. Uh, so... So yeah, those are just some of the advantages, but again, the, the balancing, the efficiency, the form factor, uh, these are all uh, pretty strong benefits. So here's a question, and this just came to mind, okay? This is one of my off the wall ones. I've got a list of questions here, and this one came to mind. Let's say I've got that 136 up front, yep. or 24, and I decide I wanna run a little 12 volt LED light up there. Does anybody make a down converter that will pull that down or is that advisable? What's, is that, does this even exist? I know there's a converter for everything when it comes to an iPhone. I figured they may make something for this. Of course, uh, yeah, so, so there's many different uh, approaches here, but when it comes to step-down converters, 36 to 12 volt, 24 to 12, that sort of thing, there's no shortage of, of them out there. Um, you know, from various, various brands, uh, you know, on Amazon, you can find them easily. Are they yeah. safe? Uh, that, that's going to depend on the brand. <laughs> I mean, that's going to depend on whether or not they care about a reputation. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, most of the time, absolutely. I mean, it's a pretty simple device at the end of the day. Uh, now, typically what I do recommend, though, especially if, uh, you know, you have several different 12 volt accessories, electronics and whatnot, I would, you know, recommend a separate 12 volt system yeah. uh, for that. Which is what I do on my boat. My trolling motor batteries, 24 volt, totally separate animal from the 12 volt. I got in the back that powers the electronics and all that stuff. And my cranking battery is a separate one that has nothing on it. So yeah, that's a good way to go. And, and speaking of which, uh, we actually have something that would kind of consolidate that. Uh, that's that's not yet released. It's coming soon. So this is a podcast for a little ways down the road. We might have to do a reveal on that. So 
Very cool. Very cool. All right. So somebody's, uh, you know, really thinking now, what are some deciding factors on somebody thinking about this? What should they kind of be looking at, uh, you know, when it comes to weight, how often they're using it, all that kind of stuff. What are some selling points? And I'm sure there's some times where you just go, hey, it's not worth it. What's your take on all of that? Yeah, so ultimately it, it really comes down to usage. You know, if, uh, you know, if, if you're avid, you know, fisherman, or if you're on, if you're on the water, you know, quite often, then you would certainly want to consider something that's going to, you know, be able to handle your usage and last you long term. Uh, and, and not only that, but, you know, when it comes to the capacity, if you're out there just a couple hours a day versus if you're out there all day, every day, you know, there's, there's going to be some considerations to be made. Uh, so, so typically, you know, I, I tell folks, that uh, depending on the size of your boat, depending on the environmental conditions, if you're offshore, it's gonna be a little bit different than if you're inshore. Uh, and, and the amount of time that you're out there, all these things are taken into account anytime that we make a recommendation. Yeah, and weight's the big one that everybody goes to. Uh, there's a major, I think I was looking at one of the data sheets you had, and I think it says for the 24, which would basically be two wet batteries, uh, which I guess would be 90 pounds or so of weight if you were using regulars. And I think this says, what is it, 41, 48, 48 and a half pounds for one battery that's doing you're basically half the weight. Right, uh, yeah, so, so you're gonna have substantial uh, weight reduction and, and again, overall better efficiency, performance, all of that. And that with that weight reduction comes better maneuverability, you know, so yeah. uh, definitely an advantage there. All right, so somebody's like, boom, I wanna get one of these batteries. How do y'all do it? Do you have a series of dealers around the country? Do you order these things through the website? How does that whole world work? Yeah, absolutely. So, so we do a lot of business direct to consumer through the website, but, uh, but with that said, we also do have a dealer network as well as an area for people to apply uh, to deal as well. And, and it's quite expansive. Uh, we've had a lot of inquiries coming in, especially you know recently. And uh, in the full extent of that dealer network, then you'd want to consult with our Check sales team. Cool. Yeah. Talk about the warranty. Warranty is the thing that people use as a comparison. You buy one of these things and I've got one now. You know, you go get a Walmart battery, you're gonna get a one year warranty you may get a two if you get some special super duper one. Uh, what's the warranty like on these things? Obviously you're paying more, you're expecting to get more. What's the convincing factor on the warranty? Gotcha, yeah, so uh, we offer an 11 year warranty. And, uh, and, and on paper, that is uh, th three years repair, replace, and then prorated afterwards. But, uh, but that's what's on paper. What I what I typically tell everyone who does business with us is that you know we greatly appreciate them as as a customer, and uh, you know regardless of the year, if you ever have anything going on, please reach out to us. You know we actually are here to help. You're human beings. You right. actually do exist. Uh, <laughs> right. Yeah, you do exist. Uh, what are some mistakes people make owning them? Because I guess they're a little bit different than what they're used to. Is there anything you can do wrong owning these batteries that you have to kind of approach 
differently than you would with what your, you know, the traditional wet batteries? Yeah, so uh, one of the, uh, I wouldn't necessarily call it a mistake, but one of the things that, that I would uh, recommend to folks is, uh, particularly if you connect batteries in parallel, if you're looking for high capacity house banks, that sort of thing, uh, I would advise going towards the path of a bus bar rather than daisy chaining the batteries together. Uh, there's, there's efficiency loss uh, when you just connect battery to battery in that case. Uh, whereas if you go to a bus bar, then you have better energy distribution across the board, both in discharging and charging. So, so I would say that that's, that's one thing that, um, that I see fairly often uh, that, that, you know, folks are always glad to hear a better yeah. recommendation for. Yeah. And as people will do, they're going to go do their Googling, do their due diligence. Uh, they're going to come across a lot, of, a lot more people on the scene. There's a lot more than when I did an original podcast about these two years. Like, there's a lot more names out there. Obviously, you're not going to mention any names, but what should people look out for, look for, look for in a brand, and, you know, to be cautious of. That's the other thing. Uh, because there's, like I said, there's a lot of little names popping up. I mean, I think you can buy these things on Amazon, which would scare the crap out of me to do. I'll buy a lot of stuff on Amazon, but I don't think something really your life depends on uh, to a certain extent. I want to buy off of Amazon. So what are kind of some of the cautionary tales there from somebody in this business? Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, there's definitely been an increase in, in you know, uh, battery companies popping up across the board. And, uh, and I would say, you know, as a, as a good rule of thumb, uh, if, if you're looking at a battery from a brand that uh, seemingly doesn't have a reputation or whose name you uh, can't pronounce as it may be randomly generated, yeah. uh, then, then I'd probably steer clear of uh, that one. <clears throat> you know, and, uh, and, and especially on marketplaces like that to where there's no accountability. You know, if something, if something were to happen, if they, if they didn't put a lot of care into the design of this thing and it's just cutting corners after cutting corners, you know, if something bad were to happen, they could just as easily randomly generate another name and slap a new sticker on it. You know, they don't have to be there to be accountable, provide strong support, anything like that. And, and I typically, you know, anytime somebody asks for recommendations, I, you know, tell them that I'm, I'm generally hesitant to recommend anything in particular. Uh, the, the main key for me before making a recommendation is how is their customer service and how's their quality, how's their reputation? You know, if these things all check out, then, then, you're, then you're in good hands, most yeah. likely. Very cool. All right, somebody's ready to buy one. They want to buy uh, an Epic or an Epoch, however they want to pronounce it. How do they get a hold of you? Where do they go to? What's the best way to get up, uh, do that? Uh, so there's several different ways to do so. Uh, you can uh, reach us uh, by phone uh, at 888-501-1846. Uh, 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 you can also visit our website, uh, epicbatteries.com. Uh, or you can reach out to us by email, live chat, social media, all of these things we do check and, uh, and we like to get back to folks as promptly as possible. Again, thanks to Kevin, the brand and technology manager there at Epic Batteries or 
epoch or however you want to call them i think it's epic it's a cool name uh, and like i said they're uh designed and created and engineered here in the u.s they are currently being manufactured overseas as are a lot of the lithium batteries that may be changing. We'll see what happens with that. But uh, it's a U.S.-based company. Some of the companies that are in the lithium space are totally foreign, you know, overseas companies. Nothing wrong with that. But uh, at least this one here, you've got some people in an office, in a warehouse, outside of Atlanta, Georgia, that if you have a problem, uh, they got contact information on how to get a hold of them. There's actually real people answering the phone. So uh, that's always good to know and keep in mind. And I suggest anybody, whatever lithium battery brand you decide to go with, uh, have somebody that you can contact, whether it be a dealer nearby uh, or, uh, you know, a company here in the U.S. that you can deal with. Uh, we were talking kind of off camera down there about some of the stuff I found when I was doing some of the lithium research. There's a lot of stuff on Amazon you could buy. Uh, relatively cheap, uh, comparatively speaking, not as cheap as the wet batteries, but you know, I have a problem dealing with somebody like that where I have no connection to a person, especially with a lithium battery. Uh, it's a different technology. It's a new technology. Uh, and with all the electronics that are involved in these things, there's an app I've got on the phone to where you can see the battery charging. I'll go into all that in some future videos as I show you guys this stuff. But uh, it's, it's something where there's, there's room for something to go wrong. Uh, it's like having a, you know... A modern car there's a lot of stuff in it that can go wrong a lot of electronic stuff and uh the good thing with this company it's got a warranty so uh and i think we'll see hopefully i don't have to test it but i think these guys are going to stand behind it they're, try they're trying to build a brand uh here in the u.s and uh i think they're committed to doing that in this space so we'll see how it goes with it appreciate you guys tuning in and uh, until next time we'll catch you out on the water